This week on the Rail Splitter podcast, we are just discussing kind of a hodgepodge of stuff because it's been a while since we've recorded. So here we go. Welcome to the Rail Splitter Podcast, the Abraham Lincoln Podcast. I am your co-host, Mary, and joining me tonight is Rail Splitter Nick. What's up, Rail Split Nation? As all of you are winding your clocks back uh, because of the time change, for those of you who live in a time change Ugh, area. I hate the time so, change. So, uh, yeah, because I know we all wind our clocks still. Yeah, I, I, I've already told my coworkers that I'm going to be a complete zombie next week. It's the second day that's always the work, like the second work day. I'll be all right Monday, but Tuesday, that's when I... No, I'm just... I'm a cranky little punk. More so than usual? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Nick's actually a very pleasant guy, real split niche. No, um, about that. I've hung out with him in person. He's pretty fun. <clears throat> And although he's not here in person with us tonight, Real Splitter Jeremy is definitely here in spirit. He couldn't join us tonight, unfortunately. Um, so you guys are stuck with Nick and I tonight. Here yeah, we go. I missed my first show ever last yeah, show. you did. First time you didn't hear my voice on an episode. I know there was one other where I was kind of, uh, kind of a, an abbreviated uh, appearance. But yeah, I feel like I haven't. I've been off of Lincoln for like a month. Yeah, it's like. been a month since I've seen you, I think. Yeah, so what have you been up to in that month? What's happening? Um, well, as I discussed on the last episode, I don't know if you listened to it or not. No, I didn't. <laughs> okay. I'll be honest. All right, so just a quick recap because our listeners have already heard about it, but I went to Lancaster, Ohio to Sherman's birthday party. Ridiculous, just for the record, but go ahead. Okay, well, anyway, I got to tailgate with General Sherman, so that was pretty awesome. You guys shotgun beers? Uh, no, but he drank bourbon and then, um, the rest of us drank beer. Was Sherman a bourbon drinker? I would imagine he was. Was he a drink? He was a drinker, wasn't he? Oh yes, he was. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Did Grant get sloppy drunk at the place? That was (laughs) No, (laughs) actually it was funny. There was a Grant portrayer there and a Sherman portrayer and they did these, um, these scenes from this, um, this play and, uh, like Sherman was pouring them what was supposed to be bourbon, but then they said, you know, it's just iced tea. And Grant would just sit there and hold it. And the guy playing Sherman would knock back like three of them as they were doing this one scene. But as it turned out, it was obviously just iced tea. Other guy, otherwise he would have been totally sloshed by the end of it. Um, but no, it was actually a very good time. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I bought a new mug. That's ridiculous. No, it's not. It's awesome because it's a travel mug and it says, uh, keep calm and march on. <laughs> Lame. Lame. How many people were there? Uh, I think between like, I want to think like 80 and 100 probably. Wow. That's 79 more people there than I thought there would be. I'm hey. just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was the, the second and third person to buy tickets though. I should have brought a camera and recorded stuff and did a little mini doc on it. Yeah, it was actually quite interesting because 
everybody in the room loved Sherman. So it was the first time I'd been in a place where, you know, because he's still very controversial. So it was nice to be in a place where it's like, okay, this is, we're not going to get, you know, like, why do you like him so much? And, and all that. And, um, but there was a president Lincoln in person or like, you know, portrayer there as well. They had like a cake for him. Anyone we knew? Uh, no, no. Um, were you the farthest one? Did you come the furthest for this? I was one of the ones they actually made mention of me at the beginning. They're like, and we have a visitor here from Ontario, Canada, as well as Utah, which was the person from Utah was my friend, Jen. Okay. So, (laughs) so everybody else was like locals. Yeah. From the, like Ohio, the, the one Sherman portrayer who was there, he was not there officially. He just, uh, came to it. You know, because he likes Sherman. He's been portraying him for years. He was from kind of the Akron, Ohio area, which is um, like my friend Jeff was there with me and he's from Canton. So there was people there from a couple hours away as well. But it was still uh, quite an interesting time. My type of party. Like history geeks. We were like Jen and I were probably the youngest ones there, which was kind of funny. (laughs) Sounds about right. Two women in their 30s. Could add uh, any pick in a room? <laughs> Probably. No. <laughs> no. No, it was, it was oh, a good time. Oh, Jared's going to hear this. He's editing it. Yeah, yeah. No, he heard all about the party, and I sent him photos of me smoking a cigar with uh, Jen Grant? and General Sherman. No, not with Grant. Uh, I got a picture with Grant. Yeah, I saw that online. Yeah. Um, so what have you been up to? I don't know. Nothing. Yeah, you have your documentaries. uh, Yeah. uh, The class I teach, Harlem Veteran Project, we had uh, two films in the Beloit International Film Festival up in Wisconsin up here. So um, fourth year in a row for us. So good time, Mr. Clarence. One kind of revolving around an African-American World War II veteran. Kind of a hospice pending ceremony. So the last like week of his life. Uh-huh. really like one of the last days of his life wow i guess we were there for a day um and then another one that a student went back and redid from his senior year about a vietnam veteran so john tuttle um and kind of his experience in vietnam and then kind of a focus on you know kind of post vietnam life and the ptsd struggles and um he does a lot for other veterans so um, that third of that movie really focused on that. So pretty well received. We had people come out there, um, talk to some people. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Maybe get some funding for a Lincoln doc, right? A rail splitter doc? A rail splitter doc. <laughs> rail splitter there we go. <laughs> Follow us around Springfield for a On our weekend. trip to Macedonia to yeah. see the yes, Lincoln statue. Yes, our trip to Macedonia to see the Lincoln statue. That's right. So oh, any- I got a he Facebook message. Well, I saw it in the group. I need to hit him up. You mentioned he had details for me. Oh. So. Well, there you go. My bad, Dave. Yeah. Dave, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. For, uh, yeah. for our listeners who might not have heard the episode, we had a very cool guy on the show oh, about a month ago, uh, Dave Wiegers, who yep. he's a photographer, and he loves Lincoln, and he photographs the stat- Lincoln statues, and he is just a wealth of information for them. It was uh, so interesting to talk to him and... 
I but, saw the post, Dave, but my only Facebook account is the Harlem Veteran Project, the class, so I try not to like comment on that. So I've been meaning to email you. I'll get the information from Mary tonight. <laughs> or actually, I have in the old email. So, um, yeah, I saw it. I got to hit you up for the deets. <laughs> That's what they say in Rail Split Nation, the deets. <laughs> the deets. And Harlem Vet Doc was the only one that voted for Nick gets to pick the book. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? Like, yeah, that's not a very good excuse. I did do that. I forgot what I was on. I just got excited to see Nick gets to pick. Yeah, and you didn't know what it was. <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> and I lost in a landslide yes. on Twitter, I saw. Yeah, so that's another thing that um, we will hopefully be doing soon is... Um, well, you, you and Jeremy. I'm not going to take a part. What? If I don't get to pick it, I'm not part of it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking of leaving it up to you two because I, uh, quote unquote, won the last one. No, we got to put it to a vote again. Okay. That's fine. Rail, so, you know what? Rail split niche rail decides. Sp- rail split we niche. narrow it down to the nominees, and then our Academy of the Rail Split Nation <laughs> decides which book is the winner. And then whoever That's wins how gets we to do thank the Academy. And we don't do any politicking. Like the Oscars, which are a sham, although this year went pretty uh, – I was all right with most of the pickings there. You just uh, said the Academy. Isn't the Academy and the Oscars the same thing? Yeah. Well, the Academy got it right. Like the Academy chooses oh, okay, the Oscars. Yes. So, but yeah. Well, yeah, we got to get that out. We got to come up with a list. Yes. I think I'm. we need to do that soon since we did the vote and it was overwhelmingly that people seem to want another – installment of the real splitter book club which our first one was the book by dr david kent abraham lincoln the man that saved america which um was an excellent book really great for anybody beginning out on their journey with abraham lincoln and our second book was uh, ronald c white's lincoln's greatest speech which is about second inaugural the anniversary of which was yesterday which will actually be two days ago when this episode drops on uh march 6 tomorrow it is Mar- it is March. I'm looking. I just glanced up at the ca- calendar. And I'm like, oh, it's March 6th tomorrow. And then I looked, and Jerry still has his Stranger Things 2019 calendar up, and it's on December. 2019 yeah. forever. Yep. Someone missed the boat on getting their calendar. So unacceptable. I know. <laughs> this is a lot of random chit chat. The people who yep. don't like this are going to be turning off. I know. It is exactly. Right They're going to be turned off. Okay. So let's get to it. I'm so. rusty. It's my fault. I've yep. been off for a while. Okay. So let's get to it. Um, so the first thing that we uh, want to talk about, and um, we don't know how detailed we're going to get because it has since been taken down, but I'm sure a few people in Real Split Nation saw the trailer for the History Channel documentary that they're going to be releasing at some point. They didn't give a date in the trailer about General Grant. Um, I watched the trailer. I tweeted about it. Um, and yeah, it, this was first like launched in like 2018. Yeah, it got tied. So and then Leo, Leo, who probably needs one name, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. Yes, uh, who was nominated for an Oscar this year and has won one, um, the same amount that Three Six Mafia has won <laughs> as well. So and Eminem. But anyways. Um, his production company has their hands all over this. Yeah, which is actually pretty cool. And I, this is an unpopular opinion, but I've always thought that Leo would have made it like him portraying General Grant in a movie would be awesome. Yeah, I don't really see it, but he's a pretty damn good actor. Yep. So, And then after seeing Christian Bale pull off Dick Cheney, um, where he actually looked like him yep. and talked like him, heck, 
Uh, I'm sure they could do it now yeah. with the makeup and they have. So put I'm a beard it. on Leo. I think we'd have a pretty good general grant, but I've told that to people and they're like, no, somebody more like Russell Crowe. It's like Russell Crowe's too old right now to play Grant. Grant didn't have an Australian accent. Yeah, so exactly. Well, hey. No. <laughs> um, but anyway, so um, I watched the trailer and it starts off with the bat, what turns out to be the battle Shiloh. And then it just goes silent, and you see these two figures who are clearly Grant and Sherman. And I believe the first words spoken were, well, we've had the devil's own day of it. And then you just hear General Grant say, yep, lick him tomorrow, though. And then it just launches into this trailer, which looks to be the documentary looks to be, you know, looking at him as a Civil War general, as well as right through to his presidency. And whoever is playing Grant looks really amazing. I wish it was A&E Studios that apparently took it off YouTube. I don't know why they did. And, you know, I was kind of theorizing with my husband earlier saying, like, do you think it was like just like a kind of like not even a teaser, but just some kind of fake that somebody did? But the level of detail, I don't think so. I think it was just one of those things that probably got leaked and was taken down. Um, so how the production quality look like did it look Amazing. like a movie movie did it look like a tv movie did it look like you know a history channel documentary like, it I think looked like a TV. little bit more than a history channel documentary and i can tell you it looked a lot better than that legends and lies of the civil war that fox news put out a few years ago what about compared to what was a killing lincoln looks just as good okay that's good to hear yeah no it looks like it's pretty good quality that they are they're doing and does it seem to be is there like a voice of god narrator in this do you think or um, do you think it's just god, like of all course, no, I, like can't, a, I was so like in awe of it that i can't remember i just saw like grant and sherman and went nuts and yeah so is this was it did it like say is it a documentary mm-hmm. or is it based on you get what i'm saying is it like documentary in the sense that we'll probably have a narrator? Yeah, I think that so. That walks us through it? I think so. Okay. I'm thinking it might be something along the lines of how Killing Lincoln was, you know, with yeah. the actors. Yeah. Yeah. But then you have like one person. Who narrates it. Perhaps. Maybe yeah. Tom Hanks. Who knows? Because uh, he did an excellent job in Killing Lincoln. And uh, it, I don't know, it looks really amazing, but no date. The trailer's been pulled off. I saw it's planned to be three episodes, like a miniseries. Mm-hmm, I think so. Am I correct on that? Yeah, I think. I tried. Well, I, I hope it. Do you know if the trailer was officially put out? By, it, you think it was officially put out by them and still be up there? So. I know, but it just kind of appeared, and then everybody was all of a sudden, like in the Civil War community on Twitter, was tweeting about it, and I saw it on Facebook. So I watched it, and then. I tweeted about it and had some discussion with people about, you know, like I had one person who reenacts kind of say like, oh, well, like, you know, I don't know. The soldiers don't look very good. But I was like, well, I didn't even notice. I just thought this looks amazing. One person said that they didn't like the way Grant said, yep, lick them tomorrow, though. They yeah. they thought it would have been more dramatic. And I'm like, well... <laughs> All that, yeah, it's open for interpretation. Yeah, he's also standing under a tree in a rainstorm after a really horrific battle, and his ankle hurts, and he's probably kind of tired. He's probably not going to be like, yeah, look him tomorrow, though. 
So where did you see people discussing it? Was this on your Twitter feed? Yeah, it was on my Twitter feed that people were discussing it. Yeah. And then was there – so what was the overall take? Positive or negative? Positive. All right. Because one of my theories was maybe they got kind of bashed by the – you know, the history community or Civil War or maybe something got noticed and they pulled it. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I mean, now, mind you, I'm a major geek for this stuff and anything with Grant and Sherman, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, we need more of that. Um, this one looked really good. But again, as long as it's not, I'm just thankful it's not Fox News or Fox yeah. behind it because, no, like, I'm like my parents recorded Legends of Lies of the Civil War for me, and I'm glad I watched it because every episode I watched, I said to them, "I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is what was like." And my mom was like, "How do you know?" Kind of thing, but yeah, they weren't very. I mean, it was okay, but it was Bill O'Reilly. So, no, enough said there. Yeah, yeah. I just, I was like, no. Yeah, I hope it was like a leak. That got put up there, and then they pulled it, or like miscommunication. Yeah, my fear is, you know, um, the worst possible scenario to me is that like some Civil War historians gave nev- negative feedback. Mm-hmm. They got worried, pulled it because I think it's one of Leo's first projects with his yeah. company, production yeah. company. And you know, if, if it's not going to be well received. I mean, that could be something that just never sees the light of day. Yeah. Although there is a small page on the History Channel that has like a very minimal stuff about Grant because I actually didn't get a chance to watch it when Mary shared it. Um, so I've been trying to, I was trying to scramble and find it for a good like half hour, 40 minutes. And then I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, so, so hopefully they're just maybe pushing it back or something. Um, Got to get a few things done, and it will be awesome. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, me too, because I'd love to see some, you know, I mean, we have Ken Burns' Civil War documentary, which I know we've mm-hmm. um, had that as an episode. You know, we could cover that over a few episodes. But at some point, that is going to be need needing some updating. And oh, with yeah. the new scholarship that's come out about Grant recently, that he is being seen, you know, as a president, he's being seen more positively. We're relooking at his, um, like, his career as a Civil War general a little bit more, too, because of, like, White and Share Now, and then as well, um, the book that I read and that you're currently reading um, about Vicksburg by Donald L. Miller, mm-hmm. that kind of lets us reevaluate him. And he's, I think, being seen in a more positive light. Yeah. I mean, and too, as far as, you know, Hollywood revolves around the dollar and the times now to strike on that because he is in the news. He is popular. The books yeah. are doing well. Um, and there is a lot of info on him. Yeah. I, and us here at uh, rail split nation, you know, we're big grant fans. So yep. anything that we can get more of grant to look at, chew on and think about, yep. bring it on. Exactly. It's not like it's Fillmore. I mean, come on, they've made a Fillmore thing. That should, <laughs> Never see the light of day. But it, you'll be happy to know that the book that I'm the advanced reading copy that I got that I'll mention in a few minutes. When we're talking about this other article, but he, the author Ted Widmer, was talking about Fillmore and Lincoln's meeting with him, and you can tell he doesn't like Fillmore at all. It's just hilarious the way he writes about him. Yeah, I mean, come on, Fillmore's relatives don't even like him. I don't know if that's true. His dog probably didn't like him. If he had a dog, 
I don't know if dogs he had a dog. Are too dumb. They like everything. Yeah. Now a cat, you got to earn a cat's respect. Oh, I hate cats. Like my little diabetic Wrigley. <sighs> my mom has a diabetic cat. He's 25 pounds. Can't imagine why he's diabetic. No, neither can I. Poor boy. <laughs> anyway, so moving on before we get off the rails again. Um, do you have anything else to say about the Grant documentary, Nick? No, I mean, I'm definitely going to keep my ears and eyes open. Any listeners know any info, have come across anything, or heard any good juicy rumors? If you're in the the middle of A&E in history rumor mill, uh, definitely post in the Facebook group or let us know. Let Mary know on Twitter. Um, so then she could tell me or yes. you could tweet me. Yeah. Icky tangy. So I do tag yeah. you and stuff on Twitter usually to do with my ginormous mug collection. Yes. No, I, I see all those. Yes. <laughs> I'm not a good social media person. I am the worst. That's okay. It's okay. I have no goals to get better either. So no, <laughs> set the bar low for yourself. And then if you happen exactly. to get better, then you're like, look at me. I have grown. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what my whole life's revolved yes. around, setting the bar low. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, we have a news article that um, it actually came out recently, and it was actually shared by, um, or For- Forge Theater um, Twitter account tweeted about it, and then um, Lincoln Belongs to the Ages, he shared it, and he tagged me in it, so that's how I came across it. So thanks to him for alerting me to this very interesting article. So what it's it's called uncovering Thomas Nast's first drawings of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Now, for people who don't know, Thomas Nast was a German-born editorial cartoonist. He um, immigrated to the U.S. and he's considered to be the father of the American cartoon. And I looked up some of his um, like his editorial cartoons that he did. He is like really good artist. Yeah, I've actually used um, – he went after Boss Tweed yes. um, later in his life a lot. So I've actually, when talking about political machines in class, have for many years used some of Nasta's uh, political cartoons. Um, and a lot of times people forget political cartoons were important, especially um, for the immigrant population moving into the mm-hmm. area because a lot of them um, um, didn't read English at that time. So then they could go to um, – see the cartoons mm-hmm. um you know you know we didn't have our formal schooling system that we do now so um political cartoons played an important role in that and he probably helped cause the fall of boss tweet and tammany hall in new york so yeah i was um, reading i was reading about that that the power that he had you know just as a cartoonist what he could do with it and i think in some ways just what i read tonight you know it seems like those political cartoons might have had more clout back then than what they do now um, and probably just because of what you're saying, you know, like you had a population that couldn't always read English, but to mm-hmm. see the cartoons, you know, the, that art conveyed that way spoke to them and they understood yeah. what was going on. Yeah, I think it's definitely, and especially in the time when you didn't have, you know, um, moving images, you know, TV and movies, definitely getting more eyes on that now. I think political cartoons have been hurt a little bit probably by TV Mm-hmm. Um, the internet and just, you know, how media is now. So yeah, yeah definitely played a huge role at that time. Love yeah. little cartoons. Yeah. Great so teaching tool. It, oh yeah. I've looked at some of the ones that came out during the civil war and just, um, I was going to touch on this in a few minutes, but just that one exhibit area at the Abraham Lincoln presidential library yeah. museum, which is dedicated to all kinds of cartoons. 
like political cartoons about Lincoln to see how he was portrayed and the level of just like, you know, we think the mudslinging is bad today. It yeah. was nasty back then too. Well, yeah, I, without a doubt. One of the best parts of the Lincoln Museum, if you haven't been there, is the political cartoon little wing section they have. I think it's like right because the museum like follows. It's a timeline basically the way you're supposed to go through mm-hmm. it. And then kind of right after his election, they have a nice little political cartoon alley um, right before you get to the Civil War stuff. Yeah, it's Well done. Well done. I applaud you, Lincoln Museum. <laughs> that was actually one of uh, J.R.A.'s favorite parts of the museum, too, yeah. was that political political. Cartoons. And the way they, like, framed them, too, and to set them up and display them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, yeah, I'm sure you two have deep appreciation for that being that you have a history working at museums. Yeah. Yeah. He really like Jared, like, well, I've worked on exhibits before, so I had a huge appreciation for it. Like how they did that. Cause the room seems to like slant mm-hmm. and as well, the way they did the lighting, like it was darker in there, but you could still see everything. And it really was not overwhelming, but just, it really hit home with what they were trying to get across with that part of the, yeah. the museum. Yeah. For our listeners who haven't been there, they kind of framed everything um uneven like the framing's very distorted and then the way they're kind of displayed i I didn't really think of it so now it's probably kind of representing the distortion of the cartoons themselves Mm -hmm. so i think it is very cool hallway so yeah um but this article is obviously it's about um some car well they're not really cartoons they're sketches that were found of abraham lincoln that we didn't know existed until um a little while ago and um So the article talks about Lincoln's trip to New York City on his inaugural journey, which was in February of 1861, mentions Walt Whitman, um, the poet who saw him and made his own remarks about how Lincoln looked. And he also made remarks about the fact that Lincoln could have been assassinated any time on that journey, which was very, very true. Um, But Thomas Nast also saw him for the first time there, too. And um, he made um, the article says he made a series of drawings that are startling in their intimacy and alert observational power. And these images were recently found in a Civil War scrapbook. And this discovery was made by historian Ted Widmer, who was researching um, at Brown University. And a and, former Clinton speechwriter. Yes. That's really you know, cool. Yeah. I wondered what if he had done something like that, given like, um, so just a little bit of. Just on a side, um, Simon and Schuster was really, really awesome, and they sent me an advanced copy of Widner, Widmer's new book, which is going to be out in April of 2020, and it's called Lincoln on the Verge, and it's about Lincoln's inaugural journey. And Widmer found these um, sketches when he was researching that book. I'm about halfway through the book, and it is I, – I can say this much about it. I wish more history was written the way that Widmer writes it. It's down to earth. It's accessible. It's like I'm learning so much about the inaugural journey. And he writes in like really vivid detail, too. Uh, what the hell, Simon and Schuster? <laughs> I have not received my copy. I'm going to assume it's lost in the mail. You know, I do have like a hundred or between all three of my or all two of my personal social media accounts. Come on. Um <laughs> This is some bullshit. I'm going to swear about this, Simon and Schuster. So Mike Simon and Alvin Schuster. I have no idea if that's their names or Simon Schuster. One person. I don't even know. It's probably two Uh, men who started it back in the 1800s. 
well, either way, I expect my copy FedEx to me by tomorrow. Anyway, if I find out Boyce got a copy, I'm gonna be pissed. I don't. Think I don't he think did. Boyce got a copy. I don't think he did. I think it's because you're almost blue checkmark famous on Twitter. I am not blue oh, checkmark famous on Twitter. So. You and Iron Sheik, head to head. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, anyway, so Brown University uh, was where Widmer was researching. They also house the collection of John Hay, Lincoln's secretary, um, which is he's referenced quite a bit in this book too. Which now I understand why. Um, but also because Hay was on the journey with Lincoln as well. Um, but the sketches that Widmer found um, when he was researching show Lincoln arriving at the 30th Street Station, um, which was the precursor to Penn Station. I've never been to New York City before, so I have no idea. Like, I have. But I don't remember much. It was for a wedding. Although I did go to Madison Square Garden and sit in the very top row at uh, the Watch and Knicks game. And then it got close for like a month for asbestos after that. <laughs> so that might explain the way I, why I am the way I am. Might explain a few things. <laughs> so Nast was just 20 years old at the time, and he was already um, drawing regularly for Harper's Weekly. So in these sketches, like if you look at them, uh, Nast appears to have been quite close to him. And Widmer stated that he made all these drawings of the big crowd waiting for the train. And then you see Lincoln in his top, top hat coming through. And in the middle were the two, there were two unknown sketches that I went crazy about. One is a pretty good side view. Nass got up close to Lincoln. There was another piece of paper scotch taped to the back of the page. And I was overcome with curiosity and looked on the backside. And there it was this incredible frontal sketch of Lincoln's face. 60 seconds of looking, I suppose, but so strong. Um, I can't imagine being the one to make that discovery. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that it'd be cool. Like, you're just like, my visual is he's just like in a basement somewhere at Brown University, scrounging through stuff. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. And then the drawing's kind of, it's kind of like a buff Lincoln. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when we saw Ben Affleck's Batman and he looked like thicker. Like yeah. bigger than the Christian Bale, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And that's what it reminded me of. It's just kind of like almost like a like, a, like almost like a street fighter type mm-hmm. conversion. Like he's got like um some thickness to him. So it was a little bit different than what I've seen um before that I've ever seen. So I kinda liked it. I I did too. I thought it was like, well, this is so different than the the kind of the the more cartoonish um, look of Lincoln that yeah. you know I'd seen before from this time period where everything is exaggerated about him like his limbs are really long his they make his beard once he had it really long and he's got this gigantic hat on these are more of like a strong looking Lincoln almost seems was, more human what's the source of the article again uh it's New Yorker yeah and then if you go to the article you google search it, you'll find it um, you can see the images of the two sketches. Yeah, it's a so. very just so different from any of the other cartoons that I've seen from that era of Lincoln. Um, and it was actually kind of nice to see that. And it, you know, it's like, wow, this is maybe more realistic than, you know, the kind of the cartoony elongated features of Lincoln that we're used to seeing from this time period. 
Um, and the drawings were done in free and the article describes them as very vivid shorthand Mm -hmm. and, um, quote from the article, we see Nass mastery of the living thing, the face seized from life, which gives tensile strength to his more elaborate tableau, which that's true in these drawings. And And then go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, um, Widmer also said the beard is endlessly fascinating as well. It is true. It's true that a young girl did write Lincoln suggesting that he grow one. That's the old story. But the historian Adam Goodhart has a theory that the beard was a kind of rebellion against the crappiness of the compromising politicians of the preceding period, Buchanan and the rest, which were exemplified in the starchy way they dressed, a professional way of looking. Lincoln wanted to look Western with a soft collar and a beard, almost like Whitman forging his own identity. I don't know if they could ever put that much thought into his appearance. No, no. I, I, and I personally prefer the Grace Bedell story. Yeah. I like that. Um, it is kind of interesting. Would he have had the beard if he wasn't a Western president at that time? That, that idea I kind of like. Like, I don't know if he did it. Like, I like the story, too. That, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, Grace kind Bedell. Of, it makes you think. But I don't think he ever thought that much about his appearance but maybe we're wrong no and i mean he was really a fashionista well if you do look at pictures of like buchanan and the preceding presidents like they look very they do look professional but i had no idea until i started reading Widmer's book like how horrible of a president buchanan was especially at the end that he was god awful he was almost like a puppet like his yeah, he was bad. Oh yeah, his and his Secretary of War was um taking munitions from the north and yeah. sending them south. And yep. nobody was like, "What are you doing?" Like, I mean, yeah. He his constantly he's like always like the bottom president. Yeah. Um I mean, rightfully so. So although the uh, DT might be giving him a run for a Yeah, month. I was going to so, say he, he, um, Buchanan might be like, "I'm not the worst anymore." And, you know, Fillmore is just a know-nothing, so the fact that we <laughs> don't even count. think of Fillmore, you know, uh, makes it so he probably doesn't end up the worst just because he is so freaking unforgettable, um, which is just pathetic by itself. Wasn't there a quote that somebody said, like, it's best if we <laughs> don't talk about Fillmore? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, we talk about him every episode. <laughs> um, here's a question for you. Okay. So this was 61, right, when Nassau? Yes. And I believe 1860 he came out. That was the Cooper Union speech. Correct. And then he stopped by Matthew Brady's place, mm-hmm. got the famous picture. Yeah. So my question, Mary, who do you think has had a greater impact on American history through their visual uh, visual medium, Thomas Nast or Matthew Brady? I think Matthew Brady. Really? Yep. Why? Well, Matthew Brady, that picture he took of Lincoln um, – the day or I think maybe the day before he gave the Cooper Union was they say that was the photograph that won him the presidency because he was just, you know, Brady posed him a very specific way. And Brady, too, like just the advent of photography was so new and the way he was able to bring the Civil War to the people of America, like they never had a war brought to them before so they could see that horrors like the impact of that was was huge. But the impact of exposing political corruption in the cities. That's true. Which is key to getting, you know, such political reforms yep. as the direct election of senators. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Interesting question. Yeah, it's. I think it's um, two different. It's also kind of two different mediums of art, right? Like, I mean, yeah, no, just definitely. like you know, there's the still photography, which is not going to convey much other than how the person looked. Whereas, like an editorial cartoon, like what Nast was doing, is it's their. I think some their interpretation of what's going on, mm-hmm. um, and you can convey a little bit more of that you have more of that artistic license because you're drawing. Yeah, I think another dude, Brady, brought the horrors of war to uh, to your living room, too. Yeah. Although, I mean, as well as his crew. His crew really did. Yeah, his crew, because Brady was not going out and taking the photos as we He did fund it, and um, without him, it would never have happened. So, a team effort there. Yeah. And that was actually one thing I had brought up to discuss about that is, like, you know, Nast has does seem to have had a lot of political influence, especially in the 1864 election with his uh, compromise with the South dedicated to the Chicago convention uh, cartoon, which I'd never seen until tonight. I looked Mm -hmm. it up before we recorded this and uh, that's really powerful. Like, do you know the one I'm talking about with the, I'm faking it. Till You're I faking make it. it. Um, okay. Um, anyway, real splitters. I will be sure to post these cartoons too. Um, so <laughs> not a very good liar. It criticized. Uh, what's my, the name though? I'm going to pull it up right now. Compromise with the South, dedicated to the Chicago Convention. It's a pretty powerful looking cartoon. Can you hear me type? Nope. This is insider stuff right yeah, here. Yeah. This you is how we research. Me. So this was thought to criticize McClellan. His peace platform is pro-South. And millions of copies were made of this cartoon, and Nast is credited with aiding Lincoln's campaign at a critical moment. Yeah, you got the general here, since I got pulled up. So in the middle of it, you got like, uh, in memory, it's a tombstone, like a grave, in memory of the Union heroes. And then you have what looks like uh, the North. Union soldier. Yeah, you got a Union soldier here who's on the left side, and then like a widow right below him. The Union soldier's got one leg. And then the South soldiers standing up and they're shaking hands as the South soldiers like standing on the grave. And that South soldier is President, well, Confederate President Jefferson Davis. Yeah. So, yeah, this is powerful stuff. This is a very good one. Yeah. And the message behind it was if you compromise with the Confederacy, if compromise with the Confederacy is pursued, then Union servicemen will have sacrificed their limbs and lives in vain, and black Americans will be returned to slavery. Yeah, that's a, it's intense, man. Beautifully yeah. drawn, too. It is, yeah. Nast was a really, like, amazing cartoonist. And um, so it was that that got me thinking, like, you know, how we were just talking about how these cartoon or these sketches that he did of Lincoln, he looks so strong in them. And then he does this cartoon like this. Nass seems to be very pro-Lincoln. Yeah. I think. Um, and, like, I think this is an amazing find that, given how popular political cartoons were at the time, it's great to see Lincoln just as, I think, Lincoln. Not drawn so cartoony. But to yes. see Lincoln through how Nast saw him. Yeah, kind of like it's like a sketchbook drawing that you might yeah. see like an art student doing. Basically, what it is. Yeah, because he was only in like his mid twenties at that time. He was working for Harper's Weekly, but um, he's still very young. Yeah. So, 
supposedly in that article, the New Yorker, it said Thomas Nass a year later will draw Santa Claus with the beard. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how true this is, but the author of that article kind of gave him the credit for uh, giving good old Santa uh, the beard. I didn't know that. So how true that is, I don't know. Yeah. It said in the article, so hopefully somewhat true. <laughs> it's it's interesting. And, I mean, Widmer, like he says, too, what we've said, too, that Lincoln looks strong in the drawings, like a force of nature coming at the darkest moment to save the country and even global democracy. And I think that's, you know, that's maybe what Nast was seeing. And I think on Lincoln's inaugural journey, which just actually the anniversary of it wrapping up was just a few weeks ago, considering yesterday was the anniversary of his um, his first and his second inaugural addresses, mm-hmm. March the 4th. Just to see him portrayed so strongly is nice to see. Yep, I agree with you. So, yes, that is that article that we found, which just, I'm glad it popped up because I was kind of scrambling, thinking of what we could talk about this week. And I'm like, well, wait, this works. And maybe at some point we'll cover political cartoons in more depth because I think Nast has a lot from the Civil War. And he was apparently um, like very helpful with Grant's campaign, too, for president. Yeah, well, that's a good idea. Like, and then maybe we could like post him somewhere so you could watch... Look at him and follow along. Yes. We did used to do our episodes on YouTube. <laughs> we haven't done that in a really, really long time. As in, here's the links to them. Pull them up as we talk about them. Yeah, here. Especially when hey. you're driving. And yeah, to yeah, us. yeah. Please, please. Yeah, no, Actually, safe. I do not recommend driving intoxicated. Um, intoxicated. So put that phone down that. right now. Yep. It's illegal here to do that in Ontario. It. We are hands-free, too, here in the great state, the land of Lincoln. Good. Illinois. I mean, Illinois. Illinois. You know, if I was going to ever be a rapper, my rap name would be Ill Noise. Like, Flo Rider is really Florida. 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 Yes. Uh Be Ill Noise. So, uh, yeah, tweet out at us if you want to hear Ill Noise's first single um maybe we could debate uh debut that live on the rail splitter podcast i think you've just got your new nickname on this show you are no longer rail splitter neck you are illinois and tonight right, rail, rail splitter, splitter yeah and tonight rail splitter mary and rail splitter jeremy will be joined by illinois <laughs> dude we should be like the two rappers and then boys could be our hype man like flavor flav <laughs> Um, although you see, this is totally random, but Flavor Flav just got kicked out of Public Enemy because Public Enemy, specifically Chuck D, agreed to perform at a Bernie Sanders event, and wow. Flavor Flav got pissed about that, so he got fired. So I don't know what all that stuff is. Hey, you know what, Flavor Flav, you looking for a job? Come over, be our uh, sing our theme man. song. Yeah, for Ill Noise. Ill Noise. People don't need to hear me rapping. Like, I cannot carry a tune to save my life. I think the only type of music I possibly could sing might be bluegrass. I heard the only rap music listened to in Canada is Drake. Is this true? No, I don't listen to Drake. But I'm not Dude, like you are the Canadians. worst Canadian. I know. Ever. I hate hockey. You hate Drake? Yep. I, don't I feel listen. like you hate cold weather. I do. I hate it with a passion. Dude, you're, you probably don't even like maple syrup. So I do. Okay, that's good. I like maple syrup. 
Have you ever uh, poached your eggs in maple syrup? No. What the we hell? Did, you, my family, Clay, this is on the Stangy side, uh, who my grandma and grandpa passed away, unfortunately. Although my grandma was a huge Lincoln fan. I think I talked about that um, right around when she passed away. But anyways, Easter tradition was we would always poach eggs in maple syrup. And like... They would just go crazy, like eating it. And supposedly it was a French Canadian tradition. That That's what I was told. Sounds like a French Canadian tradition. I don't know if this is true. Um, if anybody could verify this, um, I will admit, I for years I refused to eat them, and then I finally caved in. They're pretty good. I'm sure they'll I kill you. Can't. Oh um, my god, that would be way too sweet. So yuck. No. But yeah, a little insight into Stangy family traditions. Nice. I'm glad you've adopted some what might be Canadian traditions. Yeah. Well, French-Canadian. Yeah, French-Canadian. We're hoping that it's its own country soon. But anyway. (laughs) I'm part of the separatist movement. Are you? (laughs) I am. Hey, I had to live through that referendum in uh, not the, obviously not the 1970s, but the 1990s. Just for the record, I am not a Canadian separatist. I believe the country will be better staying together. Yes, we are. Um, just like I don't know why we'd never try to get rid of California in America. Um, even though L.A. is one weird place. Yeah. But anyways. We gave you guys Alaska. Dude, Alaska. Seward's Folly. Seward's Folly. Back to the drinking game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we're going to do an episode about Seaward, hopefully, at some point, too. Um, anyway, so I think we've probably rambled enough. We should probably do our <laughs> weekly features. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, of the people, by the people. Do you have anything for us? You Illinois. first. Okay, so I have one that was um, posted... Um, Guy on Twitter who's actually, it turns out he's a listener. He loves the podcast. John M. So John M. 83. He posted a picture of his little boy. Um, and he said, showing off his project. Don't know who's more proud of him, proud him or I. And his little boy's po- pointing to a, um, it was like a coloring page of Abraham Lincoln. And his little boy had colored it. And then they put like a top hat on Abraham Lincoln. And it's actually pretty cute. But I just thought that was really nice that you got to do it and he colored it pretty well too it looks good here i don't know how well you can see it but there it is you show me oh yeah i did see that yeah that is good. yeah yeah it's pretty cute so that was very cute that was nice good Good choice yeah okay your turn nick oh shit (laughs) i think you might have mentioned this earlier but i saw a post too before today it was on our Facebook group chat from Jim Miller. I believe Jim Miller. Sorry. Yes. He posted March 3rd. Hey, Rail Split Nash. Mm. And especially to Mary and Nick. While reading last night, I ran across a brief mention of Sherman's wedding. And being the curious soul I am, I decided to do a little digging to see what I could come up with. And thus the following two articles. I'm sure Nick will be ever so pleased to learn that Vice President Miller <laughs> Fillmore was among those in attendance. I was hoping you'd mention that one. Uh, yeah. Sherman's lost 100% credibility in my eyes. Why did he invite <laughs> yeah, that he joker? To begin with. And the most important question is, was a Miller Fillmore reenactor there? 
for what? Sherman's birthday. Although it was his wedding. No. Not his birthday. No. Why would Bill? Why would there? Uh... No. Must be because you know the Shermans were a political family still. Yes. Um, well, that's probably why. Why Fillmore was there? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. And friends. it was when he was vice president too. So yes. Remember, Fillmore never got voted in. Well, I guess he. But yeah. There's your daily message about or weekly, bi-weekly, whatever message from Rail Splitter Nick, aka Illinois, about Miller so, Fillmore. Join the Facebook group if you haven't. Active. Let's see what the count is right now. Oh shit! It, I can't it's see. actually quite. We are at 500 members. Oh, no more could join. Perfect number. That's awesome. Wow. You guys are awesome. So thank you. Um, And it is a very active group. And I'm actually, um, I do have some ideas for what I want to do for this week in Lincoln, but I'm torn and I'm going to call it a tie. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So the first one comes to us from um, Jim Slattery. Hopefully I'm saying his name right. Um, Which he is a very frequent listener. And I mentioned mentioned him on the last episode too because he gave us a very nice review but um he posted a photo of this t-shirt that just says be excellent to each other and he said hmm this message sounds familiar so great message there you go what's the other one the other one comes to us from jen price and uh she got to hang out with us in springfield which was really awesome that she came down to down for that um so she says, don't know if you've seen this, but I thought it might make a fun This Week in Lincoln offering. So yes, Jen, you are one of our This Week in Lincolns this week. Um, and it says, History Nerds Rock All-American Tour Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. It's got Abraham Lincoln playing guitar and acting like a rock star. Benjamin Franklin is on the drums and George Washington is also playing guitar. Heck yeah. Which is really awesome. That is cool. Yeah. So thank you, Jen and Jim. We usually don't do two this weekend, Lincoln's, but I couldn't decide which one. So there we go. Perfect. Anything to Excellent. add, Illinois? No, I was just trying to see if we had any more reviews. My phone crapped out, so oh. I was trying to do it online. We don't have. Do we don't have any more reviews? Not when I checked last. So um, we'll say no. Okay. But please review us on uh, iTunes. It helps us get more listeners. If you think we're a good show and you think somebody would be interested, spread the word. Um, so, yeah, keep it going. Yep, and um, I think our next episode is probably going to be part one of us talking about Vicksburg. Sure will. We're doing two parts for that one, and they're going to be spaced kind of far apart just because the Vicksburg campaign was about nine months long. So mm-hmm. we're not going to space them nine months apart, but there's going to be a couple, well, more than a couple months between each episode. Um, and we will be coming at you soon with our Real Splitter book club with the choices that we have for that. Um, as well, we have other episodes planned for you as well as hopefully getting some guests back on. And um, as always, we are open to um, This Week in Lincoln. Uh, Nick, you weren't here for this one, but we came up with a new hashtag on the episode you miss. Hashtag This Week in Lincoln. Okay. So simple. Yep. Like, yeah. Amazing. It took us 119 episodes. Yes. But uh, like, hey, I like it. Let's have the listeners start doing this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you see something, uh, slap the hashtag on there. We'll check it out and then we'll get it on the show. So um, good to be back. Phil back in a groove. Yep. Well, good to do this. I know. Been a month out of the game here. 
It was good. Um, I think it was one of our more casual episodes, which is awesome. Uh, so, but we will be back with you with a, uh, a Civil War related episode next time. And uh, this was really good to sit and talk with you, Nick, or Illinois. Likewise. Likewise. The Canadian Mary. <laughs> I was trying to think of something clever and nothing came. <laughs> no. We'll I'm, work on it, though. Yeah, I, I don't need, like, a rap name or anything like that. What's your town again? Godrich. 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 Dude, I met a guy from Windsor at the Ploy Film Festival. Whoa. Uh, and he knew where Godrich was, so... Holy um, shit. Yeah. It's actually um, funny. I just thought of, like, rap names and stuff. Um, so my my first name is actually Mary Margaret, as few people i thought it was your middle name no my 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 middle name's violet mary margaret violet yes dang yeah mouthful um no mary margaret's my first name so in grade one my teacher she didn't like she got tired of saying that mouthful and i'm like oh you can just call me mary so she started calling me m and m oh you're the original i'm the i say i'm like the i'm the original m and m nice so she was my teacher Canadian M&M. Canadian M&M. M&M. There so you go. she taught me in grade one, grade three, and grade seven. And in all those years, like, she only ever referred to me. She's like, M&M. <laughs> I like it. So, And he's actually Andy. my favorite rapper, too. So, And you guys are getting some uh, inside info. Getting to know me and Mary a little bit more yep. yeah. this episode. So... All right, we should probably uh, cut this off before we just ramble yes. all night. Yes, I think we're at it. <laughs> we're actually at about time right now, so that's awesome. So um, thank you for listening to us. Um, if you have any thoughts on, I will get that article posted with the cartoon. If you have any thoughts about the cartoon that you want to add to our discussion, please let us know on uh, Twitter or our Facebook group as well. If you know anything about the Grant trailer um, or if you got to see it before it was taken down, let us know what you think of it. And um, if you have any ideas for This Week in Lincoln, just hashtag This Week in Lincoln, because we can always use some help with that. And um, until next time, keep walking the world with malice toward none and with charity for all. And we will see you all again soon.